Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about The Batman. It's finally here, the new Matt Reeves film uh, starring Robert Pattinson uh, and others. Uh, But we're going to go ahead and get this thing going. Hey, everyone. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. That's right. I feel like we've been talking about this movie for a very, very long time. Um, Yeah, like a decade at least. I I, I feel it. I feel it. And if you've if you're new to the show, welcome. But if you're if you're an old head, then you know that we've uh, we've talked about it. We've we've covered every level of you know bit of news about this. So uh, I'm I'm excited to finally have seen it. And uh, we'll, we'll get to the to the review at the end of the show. But first, uh, Dylan, you want you want to tell me what you got on the news? Yeah. Okay. So speaking of Batman, um, the movie what industry is is once again saved. Thank no, God. Uh, the Batman did really well at the box office. It was rejected to do about 115 million. That was the very high end. It was like 100 to 115. Okay. And it ended up doing 128.5, maybe oh, more. Wow. Um, so I, let's see, what's that now? 143. Um, well, I, I can tell you that finally like, ended with seeing the um, the parking lot because I live right next to a movie theater, a Cinemark, but a movie theater um and it's been full hopping uh yeah it has not been like that even with spider-man i mean maybe with spider-man sure but um i i I, so much that i actually noticed it and i wasn't looking to see i wonder how the theater's doing i drove by and was like oh my god there's a lot of people here that's good yeah good yeah i noticed the same thing our theater had no empty seats or the imax it was packed um you saw that fan thing that the early tuesday right yeah, this movie had like 10 openings because it had the, the free screening that we did on Monday, then the fan thing, and then another fan thing on Wednesday, and then Thursday night showings, and you know, so on. I, um, I had empty seats in mind, but uh, we'll talk about that later. But I saw it Thursday at 4 p.m. So, oh, okay. I mean, it's You're during, during work, work day. day. Yeah. Um, but this did, like, to put it in perspective, I think Spider Man did like 250 million, something like that. Okay. Spider Man was such a massive, massive hit it's not like fair to compare it to that of course but it's matt reeves best opening you know so oh, definitely that's something um what's what are his other movies the apes planet of the apes oh, movies oh, are, his, right. are his big ones and um but yeah so cool yay yay movies the, yeah that's right heartbreak feels and, good in a place like this it does you finally saw it i, I finally like you give a, can you give a quick review of it this so is yeah um, what we're talking about when when Queen Nicole Kidman graced, blessed um, our movie theater uh, with her the pre-roll. pre-show the pre-show thing at AMC the, yeah, the, only the, right the, the pre-roll AMC exclusive talking just putting over movies I don't I mean really that's all it is it's like it's Nicole Kidman talking about how good movies are just as a thing um, and specifically movie theaters and specifically right. AMC. Um, and why you know heartbreak feels good in a place like this because you're in a Dolby seat, yeah, and you have popcorn. And I, I get mean, what she's saying. I agree. I understand I, it. I get it. Like I, I enjoy. I, I guess if I had to say, if I had to pick to cry at a movie theater at home or in person, it'd be, I guess it'd be a theater. It's more. It's the experience. It's theatrical. I went there. It's a big thing, and I'm gonna remember it. Yeah, it's very much like pro theater experience. I've only seen it on TikTok. I haven't actually seen it, but um, because you're anti AMC. Yeah, it just seems very dramatic. Like it doesn't is. Doesn't it start with her stepping in a puddle that's reflecting the AMC logo? And well, yeah, it's, I mean the... that's Oscar-worthy cinematography. 
Yeah, she should win the Oscar, the fan fav- the fan moment. And and cheer. whoever the Oscar cheer, the yeah, hashtag the Oscar, Oscar cheer. cheer moment. What is the Oscar cheer moment again? Oh, so that's the this is the thing where the Oscar. I'm, I get it confused with the other one because they've done a couple, but the Oscars oh, are doing a Twitter. <laughs> that's right. Fan voted. Um, they started saying it was an award, but now it's like a cheer moment where they're going to acknowledge a movie that Twitter has voted on um, during the show. Yes. And I guess when it started, it was open to any movie ever, basically, you know, because right, um, they had that, that stuff in theaters. Yeah. But now it is movies. Um, they, I guess they have their nominees list, which is like the finalists, the most popular Twitter ones, which right. I don't get the point of the suspense because you can track and see. Right. I'll just tweet. Yeah. But, but like, is your average Oscar viewer going to do that? Well, yeah, but now that people see a list, they can choose choose one that's an actual contender and vote for it. So but, we have the, we have the 10 finalists, Dylan. Okay. Right? Where are they? Army yeah. of the Dead, Power uh-huh. of the Dog, Cinderella, Sing 2, Sing 2, <laughs> Dune, Spider-Man No Way Home, The Suicide Squad, Tick Tick Boom, Minamata. I don't I don't know that one. That's I don't know that. Sure and Malignant. Come on, Malignant. Yeah, we're pulling for you, Malignant. What was the killer's name? Old backwards walking Volda oh, looking man. dude from uh, Soul Calibur. Gabriel? Gabriel. Is that it? That's it. Yeah. Good call. Gabriel. I need, I need Malignant to win. Um, I'd also be okay with Cinderella or Sing 2. Um, Sing 2. <laughs> that's the- so... I, I don't, I don't <laughs> want it to be Spider-Man. Like, this is so silly. No, that's too obvious. No, it's you know, too I don't obvious. Wanna, Give me something. I don't want to live in that reality. I want a stupid yeah. choice. And I don't want a Netflix movie like Army of the Dead, let alone a Zack Snyder movie. But that one, I think, might win because they nixed... The Zaddy uh, Army. Yeah, they nixed Justice League because it didn't open in theaters. But Army of the Dead did. That's where I saw it. It was in Cinemark oh, for a couple right. weeks before Netflix for this reason. So right. it might win. If I had we'll to predict see. which one will win, it would be Army of the Dead. Um, I, yeah, probably. What did they did they bail on Cinderella? What happened? I don't know. I wonder if that'll pick up Jackson again. That would be fun. Uh, but when when the Cinderella thing came out, it we talked about how it was number one only because Justice League wasn't qualified. That one did have way more tweets. You know, right? It won by a lot, but it just wasn't. It it couldn't. You can't get a cheer moment. Okay. Okay. It's only on HBO. You, well, I can't. Theaters. I can only cheer for HBO for hashtag HBO Max. I don't know why they didn't put it in theaters, actually. But anyway, well, they didn't know Moving they on. were going to get their cheer moment. <laughs> Had he known, I, they probably I, can, we, it. can we normalize saying cheer moment all the time? Like, what was your biggest cheer moment for um, the Batman? Um, we'll, we'll include that in our review. Okay, stay okay, tuned. Yeah, to the back yeah, half I'm of the down. show. <laughs> what else you got, Dylan? Hashtag Uncanny Universe cheer moment. Oh my God. Um, it's, it so, needs to be longer. Hashtag Bedrock City presents Uncanny Universe cheer moment. Yes. Award. Um, Award. <laughs> uh, more DC news. I don't know if you got this trailer in front of Batman like I did, but there was a DC League of Super Pets trailer. I one I hadn't seen. It was actually I, in the theaters before online. So I was like, oh, cool. I know. I was so excited because I was annoyed at first because I didn't, I'm not super excited for the Super Pets. But uh, I was excited, but then it looked bad and I wasn't anymore. I, Right, that was a roller coaster of emotion because I didn't want to see the same trailer again. Uh, so I was like, "Ugh!" And then, "Hey, it's a new trailer!" And then, "Oh man, it's, it's lame." Still, it didn't look clever at all. No, you know, well, it looks yeah, like it's I'm for sure kids. Kids will love it. Yeah, they all are, but it didn't look like they made any attempt to 
make it appeal to adults, you know? But no, it looks like Secret Life of Pets a little bit, but less, even less clever and funny. But Mm -hmm. if you want The Rock and Kevin Hart, it has a really good cast. I will say that. Um, And we'll see John Krasinski, Vanessa Bayer, Kate McKinnon, Natasha Leone, Keanu Reeves as Batman. I did appreciate that. That was a, that was nice to hear. Um, That's cool. But it's mainly Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart. So, well, yeah, it's their <laughs> it's their vehicle, right? It looks fine. I think. Um, I mean, I'm not going to see it unless we're going to review it. Yeah, I was about to say. You never know. But yeah, I'm I'm good. You sure? Come on, um, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be super, Dylan. It can't be worse than the tag go to the movies. Uh, yeah, you're right. No, it, as long as it's better than that, I'm all right. It's a low bar. I mean, for real, though. Okay, on to the Kino Dune Part 2, yes. which is supposed to yes. start filming uh, in the fall, I think. Um, they yes. have, they are, they have, there's a finalist actress for uh, Princess Irulan. Irulan. Princess Irul- Irulan. Okay. Irulan. I didn't um, really listen to the book. She was, you, you mean in Princess- my defense, oh. a very minor character. I don't even know if she's in the first book. Is um, she not? I is don't she not the she, one that he's I, like supposed to marry or something? Um, that? She, I don't think, I, man, I don't know. Um, let's see. Oh, you know what? She is in Dune. She's in Dune, Dune Messiah and Children of Dune. Um, yeah, she's an extremely minor character. Her full title, Dylan, is um, Princess Irulan Carino of House Carino, uh, the eldest <laughs> daughter of the 81st uh, Padishah Emperor Shaddam Carino IV, and um, Anna Rule, a Bene Gesserit of hidden rank. Obviously. Okay. Are you not a Dune? You're clearly not a Dune stan. Well, I remembered her role, at least. Okay. Yes. You got the together, we have the knowledge of who this is. No, I mean, um, the, I read the Wikipedia. Obviously. Oh dang. Okay. Yeah. Um, you think you think I could pull um 81st Padishah Emperor Saddam Carino the fourth out of my head? I guess I don't have, yeah, I don't I have that. You could have run with it though. But anyway, true. you would have to think that they would make her a bigger role in this movie because Florence Pugh, we right. still haven't mentioned that. Florence Pugh is the one that's uh rumored to be joining join uh joining Dune 2 as this role. Right. So but then again, Zendaya was in like eight minutes of that first movie, so maybe not, you know. Yeah, I mean, in the first Dune movie, Princess Irulan was just a narrator. Essentially, she was like the uh, right. Okay, she, yeah, she was like the bookend. It was Virginia Madsen. That's who she is. Right. Okay. And she was. I, I don't even remember the lines, but it was just like her talking, her front face talking to camera, talking about Paul and Spice and stuff. I don't know. Whatever you talk about in the Dune movie. Maybe they can retroactively add her to the first movie doing that. Florence That'd Pugh. be cool, honestly. Like <laughs> just as a like a weird, stupid little extra. Yeah. When when be, they I'm eventually do release the director's cut of the two movies together. Oh gosh. Please no. I'll, I'll go, I'll see it theatrically. Let's go. Actually, I would want to see it, but I don't support director's cuts. So uh you don't support director's cuts, so that's a hot take. I don't like the idea of a director's cut. They should just give them the freedom to do what they want to do. They're the theatrical oh, oh, should see. be the director's cut, you know. Sure, I get that. I see what you're saying. I support the director getting their vision and out in the world, but I don't support the studio making a director's cut and a theatrical cut. You don't, don't, you don't like support. That. Oh, wait for the director's cut. The movie will be better. 
Yes, I don't like that. Just no, well, the, you can't I, I double dip. Like right. Make the movie you want the first time and let it be. Um, don't release that, two home video releases at the very least. But just that if came you're out gonna, very yeah. anti-artist. Yeah, did. So I'm, glad, like, wow. I'm glad you gave me an opportunity to explain. I was like, that was a very hot take from Dylan. Like very anti-directorial authorship. Yeah, I don't support that. I'm a I studio executive. Yeah, right. No vision. Anyway. Um, maybe I'm just burned by Snyder Cut and I need to heal from that. I mean, we'll see. that's understandable. Okay, so we got a trailer for one that's not really uh, too comic booky, but it's genre-y enough. It's from the director of um, Deadpool 2 and John Wick. Okay. Um, oh, man, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank. Whatever, that dude. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. called Bullet Train, and it's based on a Japanese book. Um, and it stars... David Leach, 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 yeah, Leach, Leach, I think, yeah, Leach. Um, it stars Brad Pitt, Sandra Bullock, Bad Bunny, uh, <laughs> Bad Joey Bunny. King, you mean Taylor WWE Johnson. superstar Bad Bunny? Was he on WWE? He was it. Yes. Okay. He was in. Uh, he was in the Royal Rumble. Logan Lerman, Zossi Beats, Michael Shannon. So lots of famous people, and this is apparently like hotly anticipated as an adaptation because the book is super popular. I actually want to read the book. Um. But I'll it's about it. like a, you know, assassin on a train, something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, the trailer looked better than I would expect, honestly, from a Brad Pitt vehicle in 2022. It um, looked fun. I'm, I'm excited for Brad Pitt's action star era, you know? Yes. I guess he did World War Z. That's kind of an act. That's an action movie. But World War Z is very forgettable, Dylan. Zed. <laughs> that's what we call it in this house. Uh, uh, um, that movie was bad, I think. I, I only saw it in theaters. I don't remember it at all, but I remember hating it. So I remember not liking it as well. But I'm also a hater. So, so this is based on the novel Maria Beetle by a Japanese author. I can't, I'm not sure about her name. Um, okay. It follows Pitt as a bucket hat wearing hitman, hitman named Ladybug. Hitman. What? Hitman. Yeah. Hitman. Maybe. Trying his best to get through what he believes to be a cut and dry mission without any bloodshed, but the the gag is but yeah, but that's the gag not is what it is. Tons of bloodshed. The trailer actually know. is pretty exciting. Go check it out. Did you get this in front of Batman like I did? No, I did not. Oh darn. Okay, my, my Batman trailers were not that exciting. Oh, lame. I mean, I got Super Pets. I don't even remember anything else I got. I'm sure if you told me, um, I didn't get Doctor Strange, even though I wanted. I got, to. I did get Doctor Strange. Oh, nice. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's it. Um, we also got a trailer for a the Brian Wood comic adaptation. DMs DMZ DMZ uh, on HBO. Yes, uh, DMZ on HBO. Um, this has been in the works for many many years. Um, starring Rosario Dawson, and it's finally coming out. Um, very soon, like March seventeenth, I think it said. Oh wow, something like that. It's like two, like next week. Yeah, March seventeenth. So they're just really tossing out this trailer. I mean, like here. And giving us the show, you know, on HBO Max. That I didn't, um, we didn't really even know was coming anytime soon. I think this is something we probably talked about. Like, we talked about up. like a photo that released of the cast. It was like uh-huh. a cast photo, but um, we haven't really talked about it since. I feel like there hasn't been much news about it, but it's a, it's a four part uh, miniseries. So I okay. like that it's nice and short, at least, you know? Yeah. Um, it's not a big the tra- Yeah. The trailer to me looked decent. Um, it didn't yeah, look, it's fine. It didn't hook me, you know. This wasn't anything like 
I need to see how this plays out. It's about a woman in the a future post-apocalyptic city looking for her son. Okay. Um, and I like Rosario Dawson, so I'll probably watch for her. But wait, you like Rosario know. now? Back when Ron was on, you you would That's always. That's a joke. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I do actually like her, but um, I don't know. Are you going to watch this? Um. No, <laughs> I don't. You, you I mean, thought about lying, didn't you? I thought I thought about it. I thought about saying maybe, but even the maybe is, no, nah, man. I, At least I we're not lying to ourselves. I really don't have time for this. I mean, the trailer looks fine. It didn't look exciting enough to make me watch something I wasn't already predisposed to watch. Um, I really gotta, you know what I, I say? I gotta be. I gotta you know ration my time, but like. Yesterday, I, I watched a two-hour VHS tape about something stupid because I was I you know but but you know that's it was I wanted something I could just like sort of turn my brain off and not like really think about. But that's what you need to make time for is the stuff you want to watch. So that that's counts. True. Yeah. Um, but what we have all the time for is the I Am Legend sequel. I saw this. I saw this on my news feeds. Yeah, and I was very surprised. Because I don't remember the first one being all that like remarkable or well respected. I thought it was just a Will Smith movie that came and went. I feel like it's like gotten. It's one of those movies that literally I think everyone has seen. It's just like gotten traction and it's just like evergreen, you know. Like okay, everyone's seen I Am Legend, you know. I don't sure. know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it's one of his more popular movies, and uh, it was a hit at the time when it came out. Um, okay, I don't see how there can be a sequel because. Spoiler right. for I Am Legend, he died at the end. Yeah. Will, Will Smith died. Um, but they've they've announced a sequel with him and Michael B. Jordan. Huh. Um, maybe he'll exist in flashbacks or something. Or they'll okay. resurrect him. Hmm. I mean, is it going to be <laughs> directed think? by the same person? I don't even know who did who did the last one. You know, um, I I remember liking it fine, but I don't. Oh, it's no um, director yet, it says. Okay. Because the first one was made by uh, Francis Lawrence, who I don't know by name. The writer is coming back, Michael. The one who wrote the first one. Do you know who it is? Uh, I sure don't. Akiva Goldsman. Ooh, oh, our favorite. No. Not Akiva Goldsman. Akiva is our favorite. The writer of Batman and Robin, the movie we reviewed last week. Oh, God. Um, He's done some good movies. This one credited him for A Beautiful Dylan, Mind, he, Cinderella he, Man, and iRobot. They didn't give him a Dark Tower credit? No, they did not. Huh. <laughs> How about that? Anyway, I think he, we I think we can agree he's way more missed than hit. So uh, yeah. that's not a good sign for this movie. And he I think the first he, one wasn't that written. You know, it was just like he doesn't a have survival a, thing. He doesn't have a writing credit since 2017, according to Wikipedia. Really? Yeah. It was he has Transformers the Last Night, The Dark Tower, Oof. um, and Rings. It, all from 2017. Those are all awful. Not I mean, even unle- like unless Wikipedia is in- incomplete. No, well, well maybe, no, I'm sorry. maybe has, Hollywood finally caught on to him. He has TV writing credits. Oh, okay. Then. Well dang. What I'm curious, what still? Um, well, Dylan, I'm glad you asked. Uh, since then, well, I'll give you all of them. Fringe, Star Trek Discovery, Titans, Star Trek Short Treks, <laughs> Star Trek Picard, and Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Okay. A, f- a handful of episodes here and there. Interesting. On all of those. He wasn't the, the showrunner or anything. 
Alrighty. Well, yeah. Akiva Goldsman. We love. We stand. Mm. Akiva Army Unite. Uh no. Um, <laughs> we we don't there. stand. You have anything else to say about I am Legend too? No, we I are don't. Legend. We are Legend. No, I don't have anything uh, anything to say about it. I, I mean, we'll cover it more as it gets closer. But I'm sure this is a uh, not even filming yet, right? Maybe it'll cross over with Gemini Man. Dylan, that's, how he's, that's how he's back. I, I am Gemini. I I am the Gemini man. <laughs> God, no, thank you. Okay. Um. Here's another thing. Walking Dead, the another final one. season is airing now. Or oh, right. You know, it's in its final season. They do the parts, so I'm not sure exactly where it is, but it's wrapping up. Um. And they have announced yet another spinoff. There's already several in the works, and there's already mm-hmm. Beyond and Fear and stuff like that. But this one doesn't have a name, I don't think. But it's focusing on. Uh, Negan and Maggie, which seems like a random duo. To... I mean, it does seem random, but I, I don't think either of us are current. <laughs> but they're fan favorite characters. Like, I know who right. they are. So, because I remember Maggie from when I watched it. And sure. And I, everyone knows Negan. Um, right. But he killed her love interest, yeah. right? How is yes. this? How it's just they're unlikely allies in this. Well, I mean, you know, that's the whole Negan thing, right? It's like he's like the complete, you know, butthead and does really horrible things, but for some reason gets over with everybody and they end up liking him. It's like, oh, you rascal. He seems irredeemable from what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure. Someone, a Walking Dead fan will have to explain to me how he is I, redeemed. Yeah. I need some help with that. So let, um, let me know. Sound <laughs> off in the comments. Do we have comments? Uh, Okay, but there's a part of this. Yeah, there's a part of this that I'm that sounds appealing is that they're exploring a post-apocalyptic New York City. So okay, at least that sounds fresh, like a new environment. You know, I'm tired of the country. Yeah, I'm tired of the woods. I don't want like I don't want any more of that. Give Um, me more. Twenty eight days later, you know, like yeah. So I might actually check this out because I like I like both of those actors. They played they played the the uh, not the Kents the Waynes and. BVS. That's right. So, I feel like I was missing out though because I haven't watched Walking Dead since uh, whenever Glenn died. It won't matter because nothing ever advances in Walking Dead. That's true. <laughs> you know, we are the Walking Dead. They're still the same point where they were when we watched it. I feel like people are dead now, but it's not like they're like finding a cure or anything. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. Someone's screaming at their phone like, you idiots. No, the apocalypse is over or something like that. But um Right. Nice to know you won't watch it. So um, me either. <laughs> I'm I'm actually I would like to I at one point loved The Walking Dead and lived for, lived for that week. You know, that you know uh Yeah, me too. It was know, a moment. It really was. It was like Game of Thrones. Then um, they burned everyone by being so repetitive, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, because truth be told, I was over I was out before Glenn died and then Glenn died and I'm like ah, I'm, I'm done I don't care yeah Glenn was my favorite yeah and it wasn't like I didn't quit because Glenn died but it was just like this is a good time to end now and also no Carol one... and uh what's his name Daryl Daryl yeah I was about to say Dwayne I was like that's not right <laughs> yeah Carol he, and Dwayne he looks like a Dwayne he does um but uh, maybe. anyway, so maybe you have time to jump back in and finish all those seasons and then watch. Those, um, so. I absolutely do not. I'll watch a 10 minute recap. I'm sure that would <laughs> suffice. For XP. 
I mean, let's make it two minutes if we can. <laughs> but um, I guess, uh, it, Dylan, I think we we have a we have a live sale commercial or something. Yeah, let's hear it. I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale. Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login. Join us every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we're back. Uh, we are going to talk about all the news that I found this week after we uh, were just all wowed by Dylan's uh, ad read. <laughs> uh, or memorization, honestly. You know, it's a lot. Yeah, he does I, don't a lot even, I don't even read it anymore. Yeah, he goes into a trance and like you should see him on the video. It's really wild. But um, so last week, <laughs> um, Austin and I primarily talked about uh, the big, the quote unquote, massive announcement that was going to happen on AEW Dynamite. And what was it going to be? What was it going to be? You and got me excited for it. Turns out I was correct. <gasps> Tony Khan purchased Ring of Honor, the independent company, the legendary independent company. Um, you said that I did. I did. I said it last week. That was my pick. That's what was going to happen. And that's what happened. Um, so that's very exciting news because um, Ring of Honor has been Ring of Honor was the WWE alternative after WCW got purchased by WWE back back in the day. There was no real alternative on TV or in the mainstream. Ring of Honor was the first one. That's where we got people like Brian Danielson, CM Punk, John Moxley, Samoa Joe. AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on and on and on. Jay Lethal, um, Kenny Omega has worked there, you know, Cody Rhodes, all sorts of people. Every, everybody, a lot of people. Tyler Black, who you know is, uh, uh, what's his name? And Seth Rollins. Um, lots of people have worked with Ring of Honor. Anyway, so Tony Khan has purchased Ring of Honor. And what does that mean? We don't really know yet. What does that mean for Ring of Honor as a brand? Um, he said, though, that he is not planning on changing much about the identity of Ring of Honor. Like, uh, oh. he's not going to rebrand it as AEW's developmental, uh, you know, brand. Not like that's like minor leagues in uh, common speak. Um, you know, it's going to be its own thing. It's going to I assume it's going to get on TV, but um, we we're, we will have to learn more as that is. Uh, what do you want to happen? Well, um what I would like to happen is actually leading into my next story. So oh, okay. we talked about uh, for the past couple of weeks, Cody Rhodes left WW um, left AEW um, right. in a big surprise, big shock. And people have been expecting him to show up in WWE. Well, um, some reports have been coming out this past week that since this ring of honor announcement, Cody's talks with WWE have fizzled out quote unquote. Um, and Dave Meltzer of wrestling observer radio the number one wrestling journalist um, reported that what happened, what it seems to have happened is that when, before this ring of honor announcement and before it was announced that Cody was leaving AEW, um, he had, he, he had spoke with WWE and they talked about a certain number of money, amount of money. And then after this ring of honor announcement, they offered him less. Okay. 
Um, and he didn't want that. So Understandable. he's kind of in a weird spot right now. Um, so I don't know if he burned a bridge with AEW. It does. I mean, everyone was very complimentary on his exit. So publicly anyway, like he wasn't getting dumped on or anything on Twitter. Um, well, by any of the, the, by the professionals, I mean, Twitter trolls, of course, but, um, so here's what I want, uh, Cody Rhodes to do. Um, I would be cool with Cody Rhodes coming in and heading up ring of honor. Um, so still working for Tony Khan who owns AEW, but sort of, um, becoming, so some of the stuff we heard about Cody is that he wants to be, cause his dad was a guy named Dusty Rhodes, who was known as being a wrestler, but also primarily known as being a booker, the guy that books the shows, writes the storylines, et cetera, et cetera. And that he wants, Cody wants to do more of that. Um, so maybe Cody becomes the head. So, so-and-so at ring of honor, maybe in an on-screen role, I assume in an on-screen role and leading some sort of ring of honor versus AEW, like big super show, like, you know, or big multi-month long thing. That's that's what I would hope to happen. Uh, I don't know if that is what's going to happen or not. Um, we, this is all still very new and the whole, the Cody talks are getting kind of old. Um, because there's no news on it, we really just need to wait till WrestleMania, which to see if Cody's going to show up in WWE, it'll be it'll be at Mania, um, which is in a couple weeks, so we'll see. Um, but that's all I have for wrestling news. Um, I have Dylan. I have literature news for you here. Ooh, okay. literature. I know you're uh, you know, you're a big reader. I'm a big of, listener. I, I also am a big listener. Um, do you know Brandon Sanderson? No. Okay. He is probably the he most. He must pro- not write. Yeah. He does not. He's <laughs> the, the most like prolific modern fantasy writer. Um, does he, he writes write a lot. Uh, he's written a lot of books. Um, so is he like James Patterson fantasy? Yes. Um, but he also writes like epic length. Like th- all of his books are like thousand plus pages. They're like huge doorstops. He writes, you know. Oh, is this the guy who wrote like four books in the in like during yes. the pandemic or something? Oh, okay, yes. I did hear about this. Okay, I know so, this guy. Yeah. So Brandon Sanderson has a Kickstarter, um, or had a Kickstarter. It's still going on. Um, he had a Kickstarter for these four books that he wrote um, during the pandemic. These secret novels. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the first day, it brought in more than twenty point three million dollars, breaking the all time Kickstarter record set by the Pebble Watch. Um, so this is really big, um, because at this point, I mean, if you're a big name author, why do you have to do traditional publishing if you can do it like this? Um, so there's been a lot of talk about this. He, he got a million dollars in 35 minutes. Like, like the thing was so funded. Um, it's really just crazy that the amount of, uh, it has like, close to a hundred thousand backers. Um, it's, it's nuts, man. Like, so what have you heard about this Dylan? Um, I've heard that it is a big deal just in terms of self-publishing and like the landscape Mm -hmm. of books, because people are expecting other authors to follow suit, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a lot of, you have to be like, in my opinion, super huge to pull this off because you have to hire people to you know market and handle distribution and like there's a lot of that goes into a successful putting a book out 
something well, yeah, that, that you just have handled if you're with Simon and Schuster or something like that, you know? Right. So I think you have to be huge to be able to do this. I don't think you're going to see like random people. People already do put online. their books on Kickstarter and they're small independent films, but like, right. you but know, at a huge scale like this, you have to have lots of money and resources. So um, you, you're seeing a lot of the smaller writers complain about this and not liking it because if the mega stars pull out of Simon and Schuster, Penguin Random House, whatever, you know, those these tiny independent or or not independent these these smaller scale authors are not going to bring in the revenue that a Brandon Sanderson is right or Stephen King right. who you know whoever it is that is publishing these books. So that's not good for the publishing houses. So therefore, how is publishing going to change in the future? If this is a, I mean, this Mm -hmm. is a one-off. So at this point, Um, this is all speculation, but um, I I know there's been a lot of pushback from the um, independent author community. So I don't know. I mean, I get that. And it's also, you know, I'm sure it's bad for booksellers too, you know, places like Barnes and Noble or, or, or even small ones like Blue Willow and stuff, you know, who right. probably rely on getting the books from. I'm not sure if he's going to distribute to them, but I don't know. Um, it could be I, bad. He, Cutting out retailers might be bad. He, well, yeah, he doesn't have a retailer tier on his Kickstarter, which is very important. So I'm very familiar with it because we back a lot of role playing game and board game Kickstarters, but we can only do it if they have a retailer tier. Because if they don't have a retailer tier, Bedrock then has to pay full retail for the game mm-hmm. and then mark it up. And then no one would buy it. Like, why would I do that? Like, right. no, like it's very much like all the comic creators on Substack where they right. cut out the retailers and have no options for them. And it's just like, I'm doing my own thing, you know? Right. It's very interesting. So mm-hmm. we'll have to pay more attention as this develops. Um, this is more of a, a multi-year thing, though. This isn't going to happen overnight. Um, we do have some comic news. Speaking of uh, comic creators. Uh, Kevin Smith is going to launch a Dark Horse comic line um, with his comic imprint, The Secret Stash Press. I don't know if you've heard uh, of this, Dylan. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that is Kevin Smith is not really new to writing comics. He's on this previously. Uh, he, he's written Batman and Green Hornet and some others that I can't remember. But um, so, yeah, he's going to be making his own comic imprint now through Dark Horse. Um, and that's exciting because uh, Kevin Smith definitely loves comics. So that's a plus. And I don't think we have any story details or anything about that. I, other than I think there's going to be a uh, J. I would assume there's going to be a Jay and Silent Bob thing um, as he always. Oh, you think be it'll be like licensed stuff, not oh, new IPs or, you know, I mean, I just assumed he would do a Jane Silent Bob superhero type comic in addition to something else. That would make um, sense. That's something I considered, though, but that would make sense. Um, Because what, to me, what Kevin Smith does very well is not the superhero stuff. His Batman, have you ever read any of his comics? I have, but I can't name them. Um, did he do Green Arrow? I don't remember if he did Green Arrow. I know he did some Green Hornet. Um, He did Daredevil, too. Um, yeah, he did Green Arrow. I read some of those. They're fine. Um, but they all talk like Kevin Smith, though. Like Daredevil's, you know, calling a calling the priest Padre and whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, that's talking like Kevin Smith. Okay. But <laughs> what Kevin Smith does very well is like relationship dialogue and like a character building, but, you know, between characters, not so much 
superhero plot points. Maybe he does fine with them. He does fine with them, I guess, but like not like memorable. I would like to see more like slice of life, independent cinema type comics, like like a Chasing Amy or a you know a Clerks, a I Jersey suppose. Girl comic. Yeah, Jersey Girl's not bad. Like it's not, but it'd just be funny if we got a sequel comic. I know. Well, it, it, Jersey Girl is. He always talks about how bad it is. He doesn't like. Does that he? Movie. Uh huh. Like he, he always Whatever. buries it. I like. I like it too. Um, but anyway, um, so there is that. Um, two bits of movie announcement news: the Predator prequel. I think we've already announced. Uh, we talked about that. It was entitled Prey. Uh, now yep. we have some setting details. It's going to be set in the Great Plains in seventeen nineteen. So okay. a big. We knew prequel. that it would take place in this era, but oh, we did didn't. we? Okay. Yeah, I don't think we knew that was going to be in the the planes. Yeah, so, I didn't know that. So uh, that's that's exciting. I'm excited. Yeah, I have something completely different. different, you know. Yeah, and it's by Dan Trachtenberg, um, which he directed something that isn't. I'm not remembering, but I know his name. Um, Dan Trachtenberg. Oh, he did Ten Cloverfield Lane. Okay. Oh, I like good. that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I. Th- oh wait. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, he did. He did that, and he did, and he's doing prey, and he did an episode of Black Mirror, and an episode of The Boys. So not much. Okay. Like the Black Mirror that he did was called Playtest. I didn't see that one. Um. Anyway, so that's exciting. I do. I don't love the Predator franchise, but I think there's a lot. Well, I don't like the Predator franchise because I feel like they're stale and they sort of do the same thing over and over again, which I guess is the point. Um. But I, I'd be excited to see something different. Um, Me too. And in that same vein of Predator news, we have Alien news, Dylan. Um, <laughs> we have a new Alien movie is in the works, um, directed by Ridley Scott, of course, but with Fede Alvarez, who I think is awesome, and that is a fantastic choice for an Alien film. I think Fede Alvarez could make a really good Alien horror movie. If you don't know Fede Alvarez, he did the Evil Dead remake and Don't Breathe. And it looks like he's going to be writing and directing this aliens, uh, this That's alien exciting. feature. Yes, that is again not a franchise that I love, but I really like Fede Alvarez. Um, I like the franchise and Fede Alvarez. Those are two of my favorite horror movies. Favorite being like top fifty, but I love them so. Um, it's it. The article says that 20th Century Fox picked up the project quote purely off the strength of Fede's pitch. Um, it was just a really good story with a bunch of characters you haven't seen before. Um, uh, let's see what they say. It's not a film that has to be all things to all people with all these gargantuan budgets. They get to be authentically what they are. And this is closer to the genre roots. So nice. I think that means we're going to get like a horror movie. Which give him I am, the freedom. For real. Give him give him the freedom and you'll get a, an alien movie as good as the first one. Um, or give him no freedom. But then let him do a director's cut. Oh my god! Where he no, Dylan. Freedom. Authors, should, the directors should not have uh, that's that level of input. Right. I, no I want studios to control everything they do. Um, and then the last bit of news here is I have a trailer here for uh, Apollo Ten and a Half, a new film uh, by Richard Linklater, uh, who is Dylan. What do you associate Richard Linklater with? What's what is the first project that comes to mind for you? Uh, boyhood. Yeah. That I figured that would I mean that makes that that's definitely his his biggest picture. 
Uh, mine is Slacker uh, as the movie that inst- in, uh, inspired uh, Kevin Smith to do uh, Clerks. But he's got a lot of big credits for a guy that is relatively under the radar, I feel like. Um, Dazed and Confused. Um, School of Rock. Uh, a Scanner Darkly, which I love. Scanner Darkly is really, really an enjoyable movie for me. But anyway, so he's got this movie coming out called um, Apollo 10 and a Half. Um, with the same animation technique as uh, A Scanner Darkly. Have you seen that one, Dylan? I have. Okay. Not a um, fan. Not a fan? I like it. I also love the the, the novel. The novel is a really, really good book uh, by, okay. by Philip K. Dick. Um, the novel is better than the movie. But I love the... I mean, I think the movie would have been worse if it didn't have the rotoscoping on top. I think the rotoscoping made it look made it more watchable. Um, but this, this new film that he's got, um, Apollo 10 and a half has the same rotoscoping, uh, that that movie did. And if you don't know what rotoscoping is, it is, he shot the movie as a normal film and then animated on top of the actors, um, in post-production. So it's like, um, it's how they made lightsabers work in the old light in the old star Wars movies. And, you know, they draw on, I mean, now they do it digitally, um, but they paint or do whatever art on top of the existing, film um so you get this really surreal looking uh thing and so the plot of this this is a netflix original film um and i think it looks pretty i think the trailer looks pretty good dylan what do you think of the trailer i thought um okay so it's hard to be like behind like a barrier a medium barrier but i just don't like the you don't like the rotoscoping no i don't like it i don't like the i love it quote, quote animation I thought it, I thought it looked better in Scanner Darkling than, than this for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, it had thicker I don't know. lines just, in that. It looked more comic booky, and this one it looks like it's trying to be like semi-realistic. Looks, yeah, it looks like a snap a Snapchat filter. I feel it like it does. It does. It doesn't look like it's animated on top of them. It just looks like they're like filtered. And mm. I don't know. I, I'm sure it's great. I just don't. I think it's ugly. Um, but the everything else looked good. The story looked pretty compelling, and yeah, I it and it had and it had a it had Jack Black uh, doing a voice in there and not being silly, which was interesting. Um, so the, here's the log line: um, Apollo ten and a half, a space age childhood. Uh, oh, sorry, colon a space age childhood uh, tells the story of the first moon landing in the summer of 1969 from two interwoven perspectives: the uh, the astronaut and mission control uh, view of the triumphant moment. And through the eyes of a kid growing up in Houston, Texas, who has intergalactic dreams of his own. But you see from the trailer that like the NASA like did some math wrong and that they built the, a pod too small. And they got to come get this 10 year old to come test out some space flight stuff. I don't know. It's a really fantastical sort of story, but it, it feels very uh, vintage. Like so this seems like a family movie that you might have seen in the 90s, like very like yeah. E.T. You know, I um, vibes. I, yeah, I think this has feel good energy. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be pretty cool um so go check out that trailer it is uh all over the youtube so but this is coming out to netflix sometime uh, i don't think i have a date on it i might but next i don't week. think it is it next week no i don't know <laughs> i mean probably um who knows what these things um yeah netflix the, no, normally it's, no, it's normally pretty soon after a trailer comes out um yeah the article doesn't seem to say so um it'll be oh april 1st sorry it's underneath the ad to sign up for the AB Club newsletter. So you'll have to skip Morbius to go see this, unfortunately. Oh. To see this at home anyway. Well, Dylan, I'm seeing Morbius on the fan event on the Tuesday. So 
because you're a real fan. I'm a big Morbius fan. Right. We had a Morbius trailer in front of Batman, so that was really, uh, you know, I love to see that. I'm sorry. But, but you know what? Let's let's hear about all these uh, upcoming tabletop events that we have. Now it's time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming gaming events for the month of March. Kicking it off with Keyforge, we run two events a month at our Clear Lake location from 7 p.m. to around 9. Keyforge is the perfect game for casual and hardcore card game players. Feel free to come by an hour early to learn how to play. You can join us this month on March 4th and March 18th. We are bringing back in-person Beginners RPG Day on March 26th. This month we are playing Spirit of 77, the 1970s pop culture RPG that turns up the volume and never slows down. Kung Fu tough guys, good old boy truckers, starry-eyed rockers, hard-boiled sleuths, all jam-packed into one funky, easy-to-learn game system that's powered by the apocalypse. Players don't need to bring anything. All play materials, dice, pencils, character sheets will all be provided. There is no entry fee. However, we do ask that you make a purchase of any size from the gaming department on the day of the event. Seats are very limited. Sign-ups are only open three weeks before the event. To sign up, call the Clear Lake location. And of course, I can't forget about Paint Club. Every month, we get together and paint some tabletop RPG miniatures. These events are for painters of all skill levels, including none. This month, on March 12th at the Katy location, we'll be hosting the WizKids Chimera Paint Night. The following Saturday the 19th at Clear Lake, we'll be painting the Ice Troll. For only $20, you'll get one miniature, 12 paints, two brushes, a water pot, and a palette. Come down and try to follow the given instructions or forge your own path. We'll see you at the game tables. And we are back and we're going to give you our pick of the week before we get to our Batman review. My pick of the week for comics coming out this week, I'm picking Red Room Trigger Warning number one. Trigger Warnings number one, I should say. Um, from Ed Piscor, uh, who I love. Uh, and I will warn you, though, that this series is not for the faint of heart. It is extraordinarily graphic um, mm. and and drawn in a very gross way. Um, his art is phenomenal, but it's very like a throwback uh, newsprint style uh, art. And it's very, very graphic. But um, the the first, the the, the series last year was, you know, one of the most talked about series of the year because it was just so out there and bold with its uh, direction. So uh, check it out. Well, I mean, the, yeah, violence sounds good. Violence is great. It's it's all about like a it's all about broadcasting people who do snuff films, basically. Oh, OK. It's like a, it's like a YouTube to, for like snuff films. We'd love to see it. Yeah. It's um, wild. My pick is not much more savory. It's Punisher number one. Hmm. Um, and you know me, I'm not a big Punisher fan, but I am a Jason Aaron fan. Yeah, so same. I'll check this out. So this is the, the Punisher that I'm sure everyone's heard about with the new logo. Um, new yep. direction. Um, it's an ongoing. Uh, I think it looks good. Uh, the, art, the art's really good. Um, Do you, have you read it yet? Do you know the big spoiler? No, I haven't read it. Did you wow. flip through it today? Uh, actually, Matt read it uh and filled me in on uh the big spoiler so um it's pretty exciting some a very a very monumental thing happens in this in this issue actually Ooh, two monumental okay. things they bring back I'll, I'll give you a tease they bring a character back from the dead and punisher joins something the hand uh um, yeah that's in the solicitation oh is it so, okay yeah that's like the premise of the book okay cool so. i don't know if like how 
private that is. He's yeah, like he a, the, the new leader of the hand. Yes, something. he's the leader of the oh. hand. Um, but yeah, this this good cover too. The spoiler cover. I don't know what's on that. I haven't seen it yet. But um, I'm also picking like with a little asterisk. Asterisk. The art of Wandavision hardcover. It's finally out after all these years. Normally these things come out with the yeah the thing. Why did it take so long? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, what are they doing over there? I bought it today and I flipped through it and it is super cool. It has all the if you care about costume design, it has like all the. What went into designing all the eras and her co- and her costume and the elaborate sets and I think this is like a good this is a good show to have a art of book you know what I mean definitely it's a very art design show yeah so um, highly recommend it's good awesome all right let's talk about the Batman um, our uh, is what we're here for we're here to talk about the Batman the new Matt yeah. film. I've uh, been waiting for this movie for a long time. Actually, was no. this was this like supposed to be a 2020 movie and then got delayed a bunch, or was it? Did it get announced um, during COVID? I'm sure. I don't know. I can't. It's really probably remember. supposed to be a 2021 movie at some point. I think that sounds about right. Um, but anyway, so here we are with the Batman. Um, full warning on spoilers for the Batman. If you have not seen the Batman, we will be spoiling the Batman. Um, all talks of vengeance will be spoiled there's not too much to spoil with true you know just like in case you're very spoiler averse there's not like there's not like a big cameo really or i mean mean, a little bit there's or like a death or something there's one very minor cameo of a very major character i guess i just don't think this is the type of movie where if you hear about it it will ruin your experience you know what i mean i i agree it's not like a far from home or end game style oh true you just let it wash over you yeah um but anyway so let's talk about the batman um let's just do um let's 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 do some overall impressions first dylan actually you know what before that let's talk about our hype how were you were you super hyped for this where were you because like i've sort of gone up and down on this movie i have gone up and down but leading up to it i was extremely hyped for it as y'all know uh i have been a defender of robert pattinson since this was announced same um, I'm a big Robert Pattinson fan, actually. A He's lot good. Of movies. Yeah. Um, Lighthouse. Uh, yeah. You know, bunch of movies. And um, I don't know. And just the the hype train, it, it got me a little bit. You know, we did our pre-screening that I couldn't go to. Um, oh, man, that's right. Because uh, I had a podcast to record. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, because you pre-purchased your fan yeah. tickets and we rescheduled the podcast for your fan experience. Yeah, and then it mm-hmm. ended up being on Monday, so whatever. But yeah. uh yeah, I don't know. It got me. I was very excited for it. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I also was pretty excited about it. Um I got less excited for a while, but after hearing it was good, I was really Yeah, because those reviews came out last week. And it was like we were... in the 90s, and I was like, that 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 always gets me hyped when it I think, I think they out. came out as we were we were recording last week. Um we just kind of mentioned it uh, briefly. Um, but anyway, um, let's talk about Robert Pattinson uh, first, as he okay. is the titular character. Uh, I thought he was amazing in this movie. I thought he was very good. Um, I liked what he brought to the character. Um, okay. I want to preface this by saying I am tired of Batman movies, and I'm really annoyed that the only really good DC movie, only good movie that DC can make is a Batman movie. I feel like we got to figure that out. 
Um, but I did like this a lot, but I liked Robert Pattinson a lot. Um, I thought he was really good. Um, a nice, um, in between Batman, you know, he's not like the grizzled veteran and he's not like the brand new boy who's figuring it out. He's in year he's, two. Right. Exactly. So we didn't get a real origin story, which I like. You got enough of it to thank goodness. I know. Um, so I, I, I thought he was great. I, I really I, enjoyed him. I thought he was fantastic as well. I, uh, I don't know. We got to see a lot. He was like Batman, the whole movie pretty much. I know, he was barely Bruce, which I, very much appreciated because I don't know sometimes they just like shy away from doing that but um the I thought he was the perfect Batman I hate when people like are like oh he's a good Spider-Man I'm not a good Peter Parker like that kind I, of I, thing right you I know like that. I don't know why it just rubs me the wrong way because it's like the same character well it, um, sound, it sounds like like armchair directing like it sounds like something you can say like the movie needed better editing like, you don't know what that you you're just it's just repeated like you know, a ton. It's just people right. think people meme. latch on to. Yeah. Um, and I'm hearing a lot of people say he's a bad Bruce Wayne, but like, I don't want to, no I don't know. It's not that serious because it's Batman, but like, if if you are a Batman fan at all, or if you're familiar, it's like, he is Batman, but like the playboy Bruce Wayne thing is the the fake part of him, you know? Right. That's the, that's that's the, the persona. Mask. Yeah, so... He just hasn't invented that yet at this point in the mythology, right. you know? So, yes, when he was being Bruce Wayne, he was just Batman because we only saw him really with Alfred pretty much. There was one scene where he interacted with other people or a couple short scenes, but he was Batman the whole movie. He was the same character. There was no difference between Bruce Wayne and Batman. So right. it didn't bother me at all. But I think people want to see the like him acting like Tony Stark sometimes, you know? The and I don't want that, that though. I don't need that. Like, um, I, I think, get the purpose of it, but sure. I feel like you should build to that, you know? Right. I think, um, yeah, I think they did a really good job of starting midway, you know, and building from here rather than starting at zero. We're starting at 25%. You know, we're already, we got the gas on a little bit and, you know, I, I, I thought it was really good. Um, I, I will, thought he, he was really good. I will go as far as to say he was my favorite Batman. I'm not like I said. I'm not a huge live action Batman fan. Um, I grew up with the you know George Clooney one, so right. Like I don't have fond memories of older Bat like Michael Keaton and sure. I have George Clooney and Christian Bale and Ben Affleck. Um, so this is my favorite by far of those. I thought he had the best physicality. He had the best eye acting, which is very important for Batman. You know he did. Um, he did. Just his presence was the best. I'm sure the directing and the cinematography and every the costume, everything led to that. But I think he carried it. I'm I'm a little leery to like make a. No, do it. Come on. To, no, with 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 any of these things that are brand new, like saying, "Oh, it's my Race, favorite." Recency or the best. bias. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's like, is this is this movie the best Batman movie? I don't know. I I'm no. not going to say that yet because I think recency bias is real. A lot of people are saying that, but I. I didn't love Christian Bale as Batman. That's not why those movies are great. You know, no, so those I movies feel confident. Good, right. They were good in spite of Christian Bale. Right. So I feel confident saying this is my favorite Batman. I mean, Christian Bale was fine, but I, yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. I, I think I like Christian Bale as Batman because those movies are so good, you know? Right. But those but movies this, would have been good with anybody as Batman. But this wouldn't have been as, as good without him. I think. You know? I agree. 
Um, I, yeah, you know what? I'll go ahead and say he's my favorite Batman. I don't know if I'll say that he's my, this is my favorite Batman movie. I'd have to, I need to live with it more. Right. Um, but, um, what about the rest of the cast, Dylan? Um, I, you, you know what? Can I, can I talk about Colin Farrell for just a second? Like, yeah, I, I, I had to keep reminding myself that that was Colin Farrell. Cause like, I didn't see it ever or hear it. I'm just like, it's, I mean, I know academically on paper that that says it's Colin Farrell. <laughs> Is this a gag? It's not him. And they're just like, haha, you know, like it's just actually somebody else. Cause I, okay. So I would just like stare into his eyes during the movie. Same. His 10 foot eyes on this big screen. I'm like, I, is he there? And sometimes I would think I could see it, but then I was like, maybe I'm just psyching myself out and it's not, you know, I couldn't hear right. him. Like this is a very, I will make another big statement that this is, <laughs> this is not really, but these are the best <laughs> prosthetics the best prosthetics performance that I've seen. It was like, if you hadn't told me, I would not have known. Is that good? You know? I mean, never, never in a million years. Even if you had like a pick between like a, like a pick three list, like there's no way Colin Farrell's getting picked. Like, I'm wondering if there were CGI enhancements because it moved his face. Like normally when it's prosthetics, it's kind of just like their mouth and eyes and everything else is kind of like stiff, but like it moved like a real face and, his voice transformed too. It was just like, yeah, he was, was a different was person. Fantastic. Like yeah, literally transformed. But we've been new that Colin Farrell's good. You yeah, know? We, we've been on the Colin Farrell hype train. Shout out to Yorgos Lantimos for letting us know yes. what's up. Yorgos. Yorgos. <laughs> yeah. Yorgos Lantimos. Uh, go see, uh, go see the lobster. If you want to see Colin Farrell kill it or the killing of a sacred deer also. Um, yes. po- two podcast faves. Um, but I thought he was great. Uh, what about uh, Zoe Kravitz, Dylan, as Catwoman? I thought she was fantastic. I thought she, she had a little too. bit. She had a little bit less to do. I know. Uh, I expected her to people. be in here more. She was okay. So I thought she was fantastic. I I wouldn't say it's hard to compare her to Michelle Pfeiffer because there's a it's such a different approach. You know, it's not right. at all campy or or fun like Michelle Pfeiffer. This is like a grounded, realistic approach. Mm-hmm. While still being, you know, a cat person, but um, I I love I loved their chemistry, and I loved that she had her own story that Batman was kind of like tagging along to. It wasn't like I think the inclination with Catwoman is to be like, oh, she pops into Batman's thing and she tags along with him and does his thing, and then she leaves. You know, it's very yeah. much like she was integrated into the story. And she had her own motivations and was doing her own thing. Like that would have happened even if Batman wasn't there. You know, yeah, it was folded in way better than, and I really like Anne Hathaway's Catwoman actually, and I like I like the performance and her story, but I think this was folded into the story a lot better than the Anne Hathaway Catwoman was. I I, I agree. Uh, she was very dynamic and interesting. Um, I think uh, Jeffrey Wright was great as Je- as as Gordon. Um, I every, all the other supporting cast was good. Uh, my only complaint. Um, as as it comes to casting is Andy Serkis. Not that he was bad. I just don't buy him as Alfred at all. Like I don't know why. Like it just doesn't he didn't fit with me, you know, in the sort of mentorship type of a role. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's not didn't look old enough or it's definitely a different approach. The this was like the this is the Alfred that trained him. Like they've done this in the comics sometimes where he's like X MI6 or whatever. And right. Like, um, like a 
more of a warrior, you know? Right. So I think that's what they were going for. But I agree. It wasn't, it's not what I'm used to for Alfred, especially just mm-hmm. after watching Batman and Robin, where he's like a crusty a old British right. dude. Yeah. Right. A withering man. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that, that, that's his superhero name. He becomes the withering man at one point. It was a really Foster good Bruce. performance, though, I thought, though. Like, it wasn't, yeah, I mean, it didn't like always ring as Alfred, but the scene with them in the hospital was one of the highlights for me. I thought it was really good. They're both great mm-hmm. actors. And, and I liked Paul Dano a lot, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As, Paul Dano was Riddler. Yeah. Paul Dano was great. Um, oh, he's, he's always good. Yeah. I like Paul Dano a lot. Underappreciated. I agree. I, I remember liking Paul Dano in Detroit Rock City when I was a kid. I was like, I like this guy. I like this guy. I thought he was really good. Um, I'm an old school stan. Uh, just want to get. My, I found I discovered him with Prisoners, so not that long ago, maybe like. Oh well, he was phenomenal in Prisoners. Like he was yeah. so good in that movie. Uh, well, that's from you know, di- um, God Denis Villeneuve gets those performances out of people. Of course, yeah. Um, but let's talk about other aspects of the movie. Um, how do you feel about the music, Dylan, or the sound in this? Okay, that's all this in Dolby, by the way. So the sound. Oh, was jealous! Booming. Your sternum was vibrating. Oh, yeah. y- yes. Okay. This During is that a, very chase, much yes. that movie. Like, bah, 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 bah. Yeah, they, yeah. Okay. So uh, I think this is where we diverge a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciated the music. I thought it was the score. I thought it was like one of the highlights of the whole movie. I liked, um, I liked the theme a lot. I don't think it's as iconic. I know like the Wonder Woman theme is hated on, but like <laughs> I remember it and I'll never forget it. It's like the Harry Potter. Well, it's because they sear like it that. into your brain. Yeah, they did it so many times, but I think regardless, I would still remember it. It's like True. really catchy. It, well, yeah, it you is. Know? It's it, well, um, it's just so unique. But this one fit really well with the tone of this, and I really liked the horror style. I don't want to call it a horror movie, but sometimes there would be like a string or something like the music. They were cues. clearly going for like a horror aesthetic and sound, mm-hmm. like if he's in the shadows or something like that. It was just a new approach that I appreciated. I really liked that. Yeah, um, the theme was fine. I um, for me, I I'm definitely not a theme guy. Like I'm not like I know um, Matt, who's been on the podcast several times, will talk about um, the score in Empire Strikes Back as opposed to the score in Return of the Jedi. I'm like they're different, <laughs> you know. Um, so because to me, the theme was fine, but I just heard a lot of the same Batman callbacks with a little bit of stuff on top i don't know i didn't i didn't love the theme but i also didn't hate it i just i didn't think it added or subtracted to the film for me i mean it sounded good uh it sounded very um the the audio direction was very good um i really liked the use of something in the way by nirvana i thought that was very very good um and i'm i liked it because now you might say michael in Watchmen, you hated all the pop music like Yes, I did because it was like a, an iPod on shuffle and every song had to be, every scene had to be fraught with meaning with a Bob Dylan song or whatever it is. And this was just the Nirvana song. All right. They played it twice at the top and at the bottom. And yeah. I thought it worked really, really well. Um, I think establish the edge Lord status that yeah. Battinson needed, you know, I, I think, I think a pop song because don't get it twisted. Nirvana is a pop song. Um, I think a pop song can go a long way in a serious movie. Um, if it's done right, like a, a good example is, do you ever see the devil's rejects Dylan? Yeah. Uh, uh, Freebird. 
I thought Freebird worked very, very well in that movie. And that's a pop song, you know? Um, I thought that was a very good uh, music. Cue. I don't think I'm as averse to it as you are. So I, I, I enjoy a good montage pop song. Someone working, making something. I like that. <laughs> Push it to the limit, right? Yeah. Like, uh, uh-huh. No, then you just then you're just guardians. And guardians. Sometimes is it fun. carries a movie and like like a Fast and the Furious, you know? Like sure. You need the pop songs to right, but this isn't walk, that type of walking up the beach. You're right. It's not. It's but like, but I think it worked pretty well. Um, these were perfectly chosen songs, yeah. One thing or I'd song. like to bring up that I didn't like um from from an audio standpoint is I think I might be alone in this, but I really didn't like the audio direction of making Batman into a old timey Western sheriff whenever he would walk into a scene. Like it, it would happen like it happened four or five times. I counted it as like Batman's off screen. You hear just the footsteps. You hear, but like the metal shifting, like it spurs. Oh, I like that. I didn't like it. I was like, because I'm like, oh my God, why is he just so slow every single time? Like, I mean, I guess it's mind games and he's being Batman, but like, yeah, I don't know. I, I got, I was over it. I once or twice was fine, but it was, it was overdone for me, but I'm just being nitpicky. I get it. I get it. If if I need something to complain about, that's what I'm complaining about. You know what I'm saying? Like there are things to complain about in this movie. It's, it's long. I think it's okay. So we haven't talked. I saw it a second time over the weekend. Oh, did you? With, with the family. And I actually felt way better about the pacing and the length for some reason, knowing when it wasn't over and when, things were going to unfold it like sure. erased that for me but the first time i watched it i felt like a little trapped like it was very long you know well it felt longer uh, than three hours to me yeah because they solve 90 percent of the plot in the first two hours um or so um and then they solve 100 percent of the plot and there's still 20 minutes left um when i was uh watching it I, I was looking to see because I know this movie was three hours going into it because it's like three right on the button, right? Um, I I was looking for areas that you could could have trimmed that really had nothing to do with you know the plot overall. Um, and I did have one like about 20, 30 minutes that could be trimmed, and that's the uh, when they are sending uh, or, or when they're doing the uh, the Carmine Falcone. We, we said spoilers, right? So yeah, so yeah. the the Falcone killing uh batman's parents bit um i think that whole subplot didn't need to be there and could have saved 20 minutes um because you could have gotten falcone I, I think without editing the script in any way that could have been removed other than other than that everything else is pretty plot essential um, um I, think. I don't know i thought it i think you could definitely take it out but i thought it added it definitely like, gave more for bruce per- yeah, it added like an emotional connection for him that wasn't mm-hmm. there otherwise. Like he wasn't as disconnected after that. So I, I didn't have a problem with it. But okay, well, I didn't have a problem with it either. I'm just looking for things that could cut to make it shorter. But I really didn't have that big of a problem with the length. It was pretty long, um, and I am overall annoyed that movies are tend- trending to being three hours mm-hmm. uh, for no real reason um, other than. Well, Endgame did it. Um, I don't think... I think you could have... It was very exciting to watch and, like, beautifully mm-hmm. shot, but I think the flood part could have maybe not been there, you know? You think so? I think I think you could have made... Yeah, because... Well, that's, like, like they, that's whole Riddler's whole plot, unless you're, like, restructuring the whole plot. 
at the end. Well, his plot was to take out the politicians. And then okay. at the end, he was like, and also I'm going to flood Gotham. You know, okay. it's like, okay. Uh, it felt like a little bit like it was put there to make a big bombastic final okay. battle. I, I'm just sure. saying, if I had to cut something, I, I enjoyed that sequence. I really did. But if, if I had to cut something, it would maybe, I would maybe add some of the elements of that into the final like building battle, you know, mm-hmm. where they're um, getting Falcone, like maybe that, but I don't know. It didn't, it didn't bother me in the long run. Yeah, exactly. Like at, at, at this point, ultimately we're just nitpicking because I mean, well, okay. Did you have any other major problems with the film Dylan? Okay. I do have one, I wouldn't say major, but I have one big complaint, which okay. is um, the whole movie is a, it's like a mystery, a detective story. And that's mm-hmm. like what this movie is really getting applauded for is being like the first Batman detective story. Um, and I was very invested in the mystery, but I felt like it fell apart at the end a little bit in that Batman was trying to find things out. But then at the end, everything was just like told to him, you know, it was like, oh, here's a newscast with this about your parents. And then here's Riddler live streaming. And here's this. And oh, and here's Catwoman going to tell you about this. You know, it's just like he didn't really figure anything out ever. Mm-hmm. He just uh, all the reveals were just him looking at something or someone being like, hey, Batman, here's the thing, you know, like he is finding the information, not figuring it out. The detecting didn't lead to him learning anything. I the mean, he, saw, he, saw, he helped happened, the police out. He helped. He saw some riddles and he helped right. the police out. But and then he figured out the flood thing like a second before it happened. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing with his parents and with Falcone and with Catwoman being related and um, like every Riddler new target was just told to him, you know? Right. Um, so I would have liked that to be more creatively, like maybe like at some point he gets like the leg up on Riddler. Like you see that he can like compete, but he was just like dog walked the whole movie. It felt like, you know, sure. I mean, he's early um, Batman, so you could chalk it up to that, but I, I think you do need to chalk it up to that a little bit, but I, I agree with that to an extent. Um, that is an annoyance that it's, it's tough to do sometimes in film. Um, I guess, um, but a good mystery is one we could solve too, but like we, we, couldn't we, don't, have. we don't solve, you know, that is like a pet we have all the pieces and yeah, I, I agree. Like it's a pet peeve of mine. Like, especially you get them in all like the, um, the Agatha Christie things. It's like, Oh, it was so-and-so like, I never could have figured that out. They had, you know, like you, I mean, you're building off of this aha moment that I never could have gotten. Because and they teased it too much. They're like, this secret will change Gotham forever. You know, it's like, oh, the drug bust was fake. Like, okay. Like, right. Is anyone in Gotham going to care or be surprised by that? Um, no. So I think it was overpromised and underdelivered, you know? I, but that's, it didn't, it didn't shape my opinion of the movie. It's just like, if I had to complain about something, it would be that. Sure. Um, the last thing I'll say is that I really liked um, the monologuing uh, or the narration. I thought that mm-hmm. really was good and added a lot. I really liked the final. I liked where Batman ended. Um, yeah, me too. I like that he is saying he doesn't just need to be vengeance. The city doesn't need that. You know, the city needs hope, et cetera, et cetera. Like, that's not what I expected from the Edgelord Batman, you know? Um, I did laugh when they didn't want me to. I think when he said, "You're not my real dad," to Alfred. 
Yeah. That's another minor complaint. It's like, yeah, you gotta know what you're saying. But um let's 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 rate this movie. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, I got, okay. Oh I got I got one more thing. Okay, the Joker. What is oh yeah. Let's talk oh, about yeah. the Joker for a second. Barry about, Keegan. From I, Druig from Eternals. Okay, so if I I maybe I just missed it, but I didn't know that he was in this movie. It wasn't advertised. Okay. So um I was surprised and I thought I think that is a fantastic casting. Yeah, I love him. He plays a psychopath well. You know? Um for the second time in the podcast, we will recommend you to go watch Killing of a Sacred Deer by Yorgos Lantimos, uh and A24 films. Um to go see yeah uh, him be a absolute psychopath. That could be that, a that, Joker origin. That's movie. a Joker origin story, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go watch He was even tomorrow. weird in Green Knight. You know, he's always weird. I mean, uh, how could, I mean, I mean, look at him. He's just an yeah. interesting looking dude. He's got a int- uh, unique look, but yeah. um, he was he had all these prosthetics and like the Joker smile on, uh-huh. but we didn't get a good look at him, so I can't tell if I like the look yet. I I think I think that was on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I think they they didn't want to commit to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. but I didn't like it. It didn't work for me. It the, didn't. It, we could have taken that scene out. I get oh. why it's there. Oh, it was only it, there for a. Ah, so cool. It took, it took me out of the movie because the movie didn't do that at any other point in the movie. Like, oh, here's this thing. Or like, you should go by your middle name. Like, it didn't do that ever. Go by so your middle name. The Joker. one time it, the one time it did, it, I was like, oh, comic book movie, right? You know, I was like, we got to do this. Right. So it didn't work for me, but I like okay. his performance. But it, okay. Sorry, go on. No, I agree. I agree. Like, um, it ultimately added nothing to the movie, but I really like that actor. And I thought, yeah, I would love to see him as the Joker in the future. I hope that's what they do next. They're doing an Arkham show. So, right. Based on this, apparently, or they want to. Um, but I have one. Can I tell you my favorite thing about this movie? Sure. And it's not about the movie at all. Okay. Um, I sent you an image. Y'all oh. can look it up. You can put Zoe Kravitz set photo. This was our first look at Catwoman. Oh, ever in this movie. That's right. And I think this is the biggest swerve in set photo history because if you watch the movie, that's not that's Catwoman not or Zoe Kravitz in that scene. But they did this like staged set photo where she walks down the stairs here, and it was our first big look at Catwoman. That's so funny. Um, so I think it was like the long con, like playing it like, oh yeah, Catwoman's in the scene. So as soon as we saw her in this movie and we see the back of her only in this outfit, because this outfit is pretty iconic, you know, like right. I remembered it. I was like, oh, there's Catwoman. And I was like, oh, it's not her. What a swerve. So I think this just added to it. Like I like the, I like, I like the it. swerve in production. Uh, I, I'm here I agree. for it. I agree. It's like editing stuff out of trailers and like changing. Yes. I, I like it. But this is like another one more step of trolling that like I hope Kevin Feige doesn't catch on to because he could easily do this as well, you know. All the time. Yeah. Keep yeah. us on our toes. Actually, I do like it. I hope he catches on. I want to be wrong more. <laughs> All right. Um, Dylan, let's let's uh let's rate this movie. Let's do it. Let's let's um, do it. Um me I'm, first I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make you go first this time. So if you're not familiar, um we rate now on the uh letterbox scale one to five. Um, I think we actually haven't rated a movie uh, since we switched to that. I know we talked we've talked about it internally, but I don't think we've actually done it. Uh, one to five with half stars. So we're switching, switching it up. Yeah, we're doing um, it. So Dylan, mine. Where are you at? 
Okay, so I think if I like let my hype take over a little bit and the recency bias, I would give it a four or five, but I'm going to give it a four. I think that's what my true feelings are and where it will live forever. Um, okay. So four stars out of five, which is still very good. You know, like some of my favorite movies are four out of five. So yeah, that's, that's my official ranking. It's, it's tough. So I... I'm looking at other movies that because I'm I'm the same with you. I'm looking at other things that I have. I'm right between a four and a four five. And it's hard. I want to give it a four point two five. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at like things I've given a four five, and it's like, do I like Batman better than this? And the answer is no. Um it might, this, it might, I don't know. If you live with it longer, it might, and you see it again, it might go up. Maybe, but I, I think I think I'm also going to stick with a four. Um, okay, like four or five seems hard. It's too 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 tough. Um, examples of some four or fives for me is uh, I gave the Green Knight a four or five on these are on Letterboxd. Uh, Green Knight, uh, very few movies I have given a four or five. The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Dario Argento, Spider Man into the Spider Verse, um, and Last Night in Soho. I actually, gave that a four or five. I love that movie. Oh wow! Okay, I thought I thought it was very good. Um, uh, I probably said that on the on our last night in Soho review, however many months ago. Um, but I, I really liked this movie. It was very tough to not like have the recency bias, like Dylan said, and just four and a half, five stars. Um, but I, if you haven't seen it, you definitely should go see it. Right. Um, Highly recommend. And it's theaters only right now. So I think there's already an HBO max date. If you're not comfortable going to the theaters, but there is. Uh, within it's a 45 day window, I think, but um, it's definitely worth seeing if you want to, like with the big screen and the sound. Absolutely. I think I think uh, if you're able to try to go do it, go see it in Dolby if you can. Highly recommend seeing this movie in Dolby. It was awesome. A great experience. Maybe I'll do that. You should. I'll see it a third time. I want to see it a second, a second time in theaters. I really want to. But anyway, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you all so much for downloading us. We really appreciate all the support. This is Dylan. Bye, everyone. And I'm Michael. We'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking around for the mid-credits. We can tell you've been trained well. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter, Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you online. <laughs>